Vice President Mike Pence destroys Senator Kamala Harris in the sole vice presidential debate, and we examine every detail. The Commission on Public Debate says the second presidential debate will be virtual, and Trump balks, and Bill de Blasio gets even weirder than usual. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben. In fact, you know what? Let me tell you a little bit more about ExpressVPN. You want to protect that online privacy, don't you? Don't you? You should. I mean, there are hackers who are looking out for your data. It turns out that there's ISPs who are using your data to monetize their own services, many of those services designed to crack down on conservatives. So why should you allow them to control what you can see and what you can hear and how your data gets monetized? Instead, take back control of your data with ExpressVPN. See, the problem with big tech companies, not only do they censor what you read, they actually track what you do online. They'll track what you're searching for, the videos you watch, everything you click. They use that data to serve you ads. They can match your activity to your offline identity using your device's unique IP address. When I use ExpressVPN, the tech companies cannot even see my IP address. My identity is masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server. If that sounds complicated, it isn't. With one click, quick download, you got this thing now on your computer or on your phone, and now you click again, and it is protecting you full time. So... Why would you give tech companies a free license to know everything about you, then turn around and sell off your data? Time to take back your privacy at expressvpn.com slash Ben. I've been using ExpressVPN to protect myself for years. You should too. By visiting my special link, you get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. Who doesn't like to save money, right? Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Ben, expressvpn.com slash Ben to protect your data today. Okay, so last night was the big vice presidential debate. It may, in fact, be the last debate, as it turns out, because right now, President Trump is claiming he's not going to do a second debate if the second debate is virtual. And the Commission on Public Debate is now saying that they want it to be virtual only. According to the Associated Press, the second debate between Trump and Biden will take place virtually amid the fallout from the president's diagnosis of COVID-19. The nonpartisan Commission on Presidential Debates cited a need to, quote, protect the health and safety of all involved with the second presidential debate. The candidates will, quote, participate from separate remote locations while the participants and moderator remain in Miami. That, of course, would radically shape the dynamic of the second debate. Number one, there's always a little bit of delay when you're doing things remotely. There's very slight delay generally. And that means it's very difficult for Trump to jump in if Biden is lying or for Biden to fend off attacks from Trump. It could turn into even more of a mess. If you've ever been on a Zoom call with a delay, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Also, there are severe concerns and there should be severe concerns about what sort of information Joe Biden is going to get. Remember, when he's actually in the room, he can't be fed information. But his own people have routinely and repeatedly refused to answer on camera whether Joe Biden uses teleprompter during interviews, like whether they're feeding him information during the interviews by throwing it up on his teleprompter. You could easily see them doing something like that in the middle of the debate, especially because they've not actually disowned that tactic in the past. Trump says he's not going to do it. So Trump said on Fox Business this morning, he will not do a virtual debate. Here's what it sounded like. I heard that the commission a little while ago changed the debate style, and uh, that's not acceptable to us. Uh, I beat him easily in the first debate, according to the polls that I've seen, but I beat him easily. I felt I beat him easily. I think he felt it, too. But I'm not going to do a virtual debate. So you're not. So, Mr. President, you're not going to do it because the CPD, the Commission on Presidential Debates, announcing this morning uh, that the second presidential debate will be virtual. Are you saying you're not going to participate? No, I'm not going to waste my time on a virtual debate. That's not what debating's all about. You sit behind a computer and do a debate. It's ridiculous. And then they cut you off whenever they want. Now, the Commission on Presidential Debate, of course, says that they have to do this for reasons of public safety. Of course, right now, it is only October 8th. The, the president will be free and clear of this thing by the time the next debate rolls around, presumably. It is unclear how long the virus is shed. But he will be immune if he continues to recover. Uh, He apparently is symptom-free and has been symptom-free for some 48 or 72 hours at this point. So it seems unlikely at best that he's going to transmit the virus a week from now to somebody. And it seems like you could take some precautions to the extent that you need to take precautions in order to make sure that they can have an in-person debate. You could do it in the open air. You could do it outdoors in the open air, 12 feet apart from each other, which would pretty much ensure that nobody is exposed to the president's COVID. And again, by that point, the COVID should basically be done. 
Nonetheless, do I think Trump will end up debating? I do. I think Trump will end up debating because, frankly, he needs it more than Biden does. If you look at the polls right now, he's trailing Biden very, very heavily nationally, and he's trailing Biden more and more in the states. There was a new Quinnipiac poll out today. Quinnipiac is generally somewhat favorable to Biden, but these polls are devastating for Trump. They have him down 11 in Florida, which, of course, is an outlier poll so far, and 13 in Pennsylvania, also an outlier poll so far. Bottom line is this. There has not been a good poll for Trump in quite a long while in the various swing states. In, in, the, in Pennsylvania, the Real Clear Politics poll average now puts Biden up seven points. In Florida, the Real Clear Politics poll average now puts Biden up nearly five points. In Wisconsin, he's leading by 5.5. In Arizona, he's still leading by about three. And nationally, he is leading by about 10. Uh, Trump, in order to win this election, really needs to be within three to five points of Biden nationally. He doesn't need to win the popular vote, but he does need to be in spitting distance of Biden in the popular vote. So that means that Trump has ground to make up. And if he's going to make up that ground, then he needs that debate. So him walking away from the debate is very, very unlikely, I think. Okay, with that said, if he does walk away from the debate, that means that the last debate that we'll probably see before the election is the one that we saw last night. Now, in the lead up to the debate, it was perfectly obvious what the line was going to be. The New York Times said openly in their reporting that Kamala Harris was a historic, wonderful human being because, of course, she is black and she's a woman. And this means she's a historic, wonderful human being, no matter what she does or what she says. And that the only sort of attacks that have come from the right are crazed attacks that, that are racist and sexist in nature, calling her a radical leftist. Well, that already preset the narrative. That means that if you criticize Kamala Harris, you're racist and you're sexist. And we knew going in that this was the way this debate was going to be played. Literally 10 seconds after the debate started, I tweeted, breaking, CNN calls debate for Kamala Harris. And that's exactly what happened last night. It turns out that Mike Pence absolutely thoroughly debunked Kamala Harris. I mean, he, he dismantled her. It was truly a, a great debate performance. I've seen a lot of presidential and vice presidential debates. Mike Pence happens to be very, very good at this. He is smooth. He only answers the questions he wants to answer. And when he goes on attack, he is very meticulous in how he goes about those attacks. Kamala Harris, by contrast, is wild. There was a lot of smirking. There was some weird chuckling. She obviously wanted to goad Pence into somehow getting aggressive with her. He really didn't. And so the media's line, which is that Pence was too aggressive, that he was mansplaining to her, that all fell apart. The reality is she had nothing. And what's even more incredible is that the attacks that she used against Trump, very few of them actually seem to stick because number one, we've heard it all before. And number two, a lot of that is drawn from like Bob Woodward's book. And it's not from stuff that we have seen from Trump publicly per se. It doesn't mean that the public perception of Trump is really good. It means that Pence did the best he could with a bad situation, namely COVID. And it means that Kamala Harris is actually really, really incompetent. She's an incompetent debater. I know that the legend of Kamala Harris is that she's great at this because she once said a mean thing to Joe Biden on stage. But as per her usual arrangement, what she said to Joe Biden there was factually inaccurate. It was a complete, it was a complete misinterpretation of the facts. And then she had to back off of it. There was a lot of that last night with Mike Pence. She, she really did not land a blow against Pence. And Pence landed quite a few blows against Biden and Harris. Now, is it going to make a big difference? It's a vice presidential debate. So theoretically, it could because obviously... We all know that Kamala Harris is likely to be president if Biden is elected, given the fact that he is 78 years old and not in the world's best health. But is it going to make a big difference? As long as, as long as Trump is in center stage, the answer is probably not. But this debate is what the Trump administration agenda looks like without Trump's crazy. Seriously, that's what this debate looked like. And you know what? It looks pretty damned good. You know, for all the folks who say, we need Trump's Twitter. We need it full time. We need more Trump loviation. We need more Trump militancy. Let me just point out, that debate last night was fantastic. The debate was fantastic because Mike Pence was the Trump agenda just as an agenda. It was the Trump agenda without any of the ancillary wild commentary. And I understand maybe you need the wild commentary in order to draw attention. I understand that we all on the right enjoy when Trump punches at the media. And sometimes it is well-deserved. As I've been saying for literally five years at this point, Donald Trump is a hammer. I mean, sometimes he gets a nail which is great and satisfying. And sometimes he hits a baby, which is significantly less satisfying and significantly less great. But the point is this, the Trump agenda stripped of all the sort of Trumpian overtones is actually excellent. And when it is defended properly, as Mike Pence did, not like Trump in the first debate, as Mike Pence did in the vice presidential debate, that agenda is worthy of reelection. That agenda is worthy of another four years. It is. Pence did an excellent job laying forth the Trump administration agenda laying forth all of the successes of the Trump administration. And they are plentiful. And not only that, he contrasted that agenda 
and the accomplishments of the Trump administration with what Kamala Harris and Joe Biden would do. And Kamala Harris had no answers because the entire Biden-Harris campaign is Trump is an orange man who is bad. That is the entire campaign. She refused to answer questions about abortion policy. She refused to answer questions about about her COVID policy. She refused to answer questions on court packing. She refused to answer questions on foreign policy. Kamala Harris did not answer a single question straight last night, not from the moderator and not from Pence. And so she was relegated to falling back on, he's being mean to me because I'm a girl, which by the way, is playing directly into sexist stereotypes. You gotta pick one if you're a member of the media. Either women are the full equal of men in the political sphere and should be treated exactly the same, or women are delicate lilies of the field who must be protected from the gentle predations of Mike Pence, one of the most polite people in American politics. If Mike Pence is too much for you in American politics, you need to get out of the you, you need to get out of the venue entirely. Okay, seriously. If Mike Pence is too harsh on you, <laughs> then let me suggest that that is a you problem. Okay, that is not a Mike Pence problem. If the media are relegated to talking about how Mike Pence was mean to Kamala Harris, oh poor Kamala Harris, then don't give me the she's a tough prosecuting lady. She's she is woman, hear her roar. These boots are made for walking. Don't give me that crap. If the, if, if the immediate aftermath of a vice presidential debate is, why was, he, why was he mean to her? Why did he sometimes interrupt her during a debate? It's called a debate. It's not discussion society. We'll get to all this in a second. We're going to break down the debate. It was an extraordinary performance by Pence. Like All credit to Mike Pence. He really did an excellent job last night. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let's talk about your safety and security in your home. So there are a lot of reasons to be concerned about your safety and security. These days, you've seen crime rates rising in your neighborhood, or maybe you just want to keep an eye on your kids. Whatever it is, you need Ring. I've got Ring devices on my home. Makes me feel a lot more secure. And again, I can keep an eye on my crazy children who are running around the house doing dangerous things at all hours of the day. Whatever your reason for needing Ring, you do need it. So go check out ring.com right now. You can get a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com slash Ben. It comes with the Ring Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. It's the perfect way to start your Ring experience plus free two-day shipping. You can see and speak to whoever is at your door from anywhere with video doorbells. You can keep an eye on every corner of your house with easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams. You can protect your whole home with Ring Alarm, a powerful, affordable whole home security system you can easily install yourself. Whatever you need for home security, ring.com can make it happen for you. Head on over to ring.com slash Ben. That is ring.com slash Ben. Get the special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit. That's the Ring Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. Perfect way to start the Ring experience and free two-day shipping. Ring.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Let's jump into the debate. So the debate leads off Susan Page of USA Today. I thought she did a decent job. Her questions were meh. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. I didn't think they were universally good. She, she was tasked with something easier than Chris Wallace. Wallace had to face down the prospect of Donald Trump completely just talking through Joe Biden for 90 long minutes. And Wallace lost control of the debate, and then he lost control of himself in that order. Hey, Susan Page really didn't have that problem. People on the left are mad at Susan Page, which shows you that Pence dominated Harris. It, it, it just is a truism of politics that if you're attacking the referee, then probably it's because you didn't do great. Now, it may be the referee also sucks, but last night, Susan Page did not suck. She was fine. Susan Page, you know, people were like, why didn't she hold them to the questions? Why didn't she press them on the questions? You know, these, these are professional politicians who answer what they want to answer. And, uh, and Page basically, you know, she, she stepped out of it, which was good. She didn't put herself at the center of the story in the same way that Chris Wallace did. Okay, she started this thing off and she made clear that uh, she was not going to be okay with the sort of Trumpian interruptions that, uh, that happened in the last debate. We want a debate that is lively, but Americans also deserve a discussion that is civil. Okay, then, uh, then the debate actually begins. And as you'll see, Kamala Harris did not answer a single question, a single question. And she continually spewed lies. I mean, she is a very dishonest human being. She's chameleonic in her own politics. She is willing to literally say anything. I mean, I cannot, I cannot emphasize too much that Kamala Harris is a person who literally implied that the person who is now her running mate was a sexual harasser and a racist. And now when she's asked about it, she says it was a debate. She said that to Stephen Colbert. <laughs> it was a debate, Stephen. <laughs> I mean, that, that was Kamala Harris. So she's a really, really dishonest player. Okay, so last night the debate begins. And of course it starts with COVID. Paige asks Kamala Harris, would you impose new lockdowns and masking? And Kamala Harris just completely ignores the question, of course. Would you impose new lockdowns for businesses and schools and hotspots? A federal mandate to wear masks? The American people have witnessed what is the greatest failure of any presidential administration in the history of our country. 
and they knew what was happening and they didn't tell you. The president said it was a hoax and our plan is about what we need to do around a national strategy for contact tracing, for testing, for administration of the vaccine and making sure that it will be free for all. Okay, so a few things here. One, Kamala Harris has a couple of modes, just in terms of modes. So Mike Pence is extremely stable in debate. You never really see him get upset. You never see him really get ruffled. Kamala Harris has two modes, faux sincerity and faux outrage. That's it. Those are the only two modes. She just bounces between those. So faux sincerity is when she lowers her voice and she starts to get a little emotional. I hate this in all politicians, right? Even politicians, I personally like, like Ted Cruz does this a lot. That kind of faux, we're going to go down here for the sincere voice, right? Whenever you go to sincere voice, I'm out. But Kamala Harris does that a lot. She does the faux sincerity. So there's the, and that was a little girl like me, Joe. And then there's the faux outrage. I am speaking here. I am speaking, right? That she bounces between those two positions. Everything is faux sincerity and faux outrage because she sucks at this. She's terrible. Kamala Harris is not good at this. That's what's so hilarious about Joe Biden picking her from all of the possible humans. He picked her. And she's awful. She's so bad she dropped out of the primaries before she was even put up for a vote in her home state of California because she was going to win zero delegates. Okay, but even in that particular clip, she lies. The president never said coronavirus is a hoax. That is a four Pinocchio claim, according to the Washington Post. Does not matter. And then she says that her plan is a national strategy on contact tracing and testing and development of vaccine. Mike Pence answers, he's like, um, so basically that's our plan and uh, you are a kind of liar a little bit. But I want the American people to know that from the very first day, President Donald Trump has put the health of America first. Before there were more than five cases in the United States, all people who had returned from China. President Donald Trump did what no other American president had ever done. And that was he suspended all travel from China, the second largest economy in the world. Now, Senator Joe Biden, Biden opposed that decision. He said it was xenophobic and hysterical. The reality is when you look at the Biden plan, it reads an awful lot like what President Trump and I and our task force have been doing every step of the way. I mean, quite frankly, when I look at their plan that talks about advancing testing, creating new PPE, developing a vaccine. Um, it looks a little bit like plagiarism, which is something Joe Biden knows a little bit about. <laughs> That's a good line. Then you get Kamala Harris laughing it off. I don't know. If, I mean, Harris has to know she's on split screen, right? So all of her reactions last night were not particularly good. So point number one goes to goes to Pence, right? He, he, he says immediately, your plan is the same as our plan. And then you pretend that it's a plan. It's not a plan. Your entire plan is Trump is an orange man who is very bad. And Harris knows immediately that she's in trouble. And she tries to bring out the big guns. The big guns for Kamala Harris are not all of the Trumpian policy mistakes or the terrible things that Trump has said over the years or his bad tweets. The big gun for Harris is I am woman. Please, please, please leave me alone. Right? Which is the most anti-feminist thing you can say. But she, she was waiting to bring it out. She was waiting to bring it out. And she couldn't wait like 10 minutes. Seriously, within 10 minutes, she's like looking for an opportunity to try to portray Mike Pence as some sort of bizarre debate predator. Kamala, here's the deal. You should be treated exactly like anyone else on that stage. Mike Pence did not treat you differently because you were a woman. You were not mansplained to. A man explaining things is not mansplaining. A man debating you is not mansplaining. And you proclaiming that you are being victimized on the stage is a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of female strength. It is not. We'll get to that in one second. First, let us talk about an unfortunate topic, right? Something people don't like to talk about. Of course, we are talking here about erectile dysfunction. If you are worried about erectile dysfunction, it does affect like half of American dudes over the course of their life. It's a medical problem. You should go get it solved, right? Instead of waiting around on it and just hoping that it goes away, why not just go get the medication that you need? Go check out Roman right now. They'll ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is very simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Ben. Complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to talk about. Now there is Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and get it taken care of very quickly. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Ben. Get up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. A free online visit. Free two-day shipping. Go to GetRoman.com slash Ben for up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. Again, that is GetRoman.com slash Ben. If you've got a medical condition, whatever it is, there's no reason to wait on it. Instead, go get it solved right now, especially when you can do it quickly and discreetly and easily from your own home. Go to GetRoman.com slash Ben right now. Once again, that's GetRoman.com slash Ben. Get up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. Okay, so here it is. 
Here was Kamala Harris you know, playing the victim card. Here, here she was claiming that, that Mike Pence was mansplaining to her. It's so terrible. He's interrupting. Here we go. The vice president said when asked, well, why didn't y'all tell anybody? He said, because the president wanted people to remain calm. Well, let's get so I, no, but Susan, I, this is important, Susan, I, and I, I want to add, but if, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I have to I'm speaking. In. Okay, now, what's amazing there is that Paige jumps in and interrupts Harris, right? She says, Mr. Vice President, because she wants him to answer the charge. And Pence then follows up on Paige saying, okay, I'd, I'd like to answer that. And she, and she immediately jumps to, I'm, I'm speaking here. This is my floor. I'm speaking here. Okay, here's the deal. That is called like a normal debate. And Susan Page was the first person to interrupt Kamala Harris in that tweet, in that, in that particular clip. The first time she brings out, and she, she kept bringing out this gun throughout the debate. Whenever she felt she was losing, she went to, I'm trying to speak here. I want my time. Okay, here's, after, after all the time was, was counted up, actually, there are a couple different estimates. At the very least, she got equal time with Pence. And by some counts, she got three minutes more than Pence. But apparently she was victimized. I mean, that clip is astonishing. Paige is the one who jumps in. And then Penn says, okay, now it's my time. She's like, no, 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 I'm still speaking. Mr. Vice President, I am speaking here. I am speaking. You're going to have to pick one. Again, women are fully empowered. It is wonderful that we have female VP candidates. They should be treated just the same as everyone else. Or women must be treated as though they are weak creatures incapable of handling a, a mild-mannered vice president saying to them, I'd like to answer that, please. I mean, that's literally what Mike Pence says. He says, I'd like to respond. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. that, and, and as we'll see, this became the media narrative. It's really, really incredible. Okay, back to the debate. So Kamala Harris uh, starts talking with Mike Pence uh, about, uh, about vaccines. And she's asked directly if she will take a vaccine. And she keeps trotting out this nonsensical line about vaccines where she says, well, if Donald Trump tells me to take a vaccine, I won't. But if doctors tell me to take a vaccine, I will. What do you think? Donald Trump is down in the basement cooking up the serum? You think Donald Trump is like taking antibodies out of his own body and then he's making a virus, an antivirus, like Will Smith and I Am Legend? Like that's how this is all going here at Kamala Harris? Or is it true that under the Trump administration, Operation Warp Speed is developing a vaccine faster than any vaccine has been developed in human history and that he deserves some credit for that? This is such a nonsensical and silly line. Here is Harris talking about vaccines. You respect the American people when you tell them the truth. If the public health professionals, if Dr. Fauci, if the doctors tell us that we should take it, I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Okay, I have a question. Does she actually think that Donald Trump is going to be out there like, okay, you know this vaccine all my doctors are rejecting? Go take it right now. Right now. Mike Pence properly calls her up, well, calls her out on this, and, uh, and Kamala smirks throughout. Again, her performance last night was abysmal. The media are trying to save her from herself. They've been trying to do it for literally years at this point. When she dropped out of the race, we got a bevy of articles about what a wondrous, wondrous candidate she was. If she was so wondrous, why was she so terrible? And here is Kamala Harris smirking as Mike Pence calls out the point, which is that she is actively dissuading people from taking a vaccine that we will need people to take. The reality is that we're going to have a vaccine Senator, in record time, in unheard of time, in less than a year, we have five companies in phase three clinical trials, and we're right now producing tens of millions of doses. So the fact that you continue to undermine public confidence in a vaccine, if the vaccine emerges during the Trump administration, I think is, is unconscionable. And Senator, I, I just ask you, stop playing politics with people's lives. Okay, he is right about this. And Kamala Harris couldn't stop smirking throughout. Okay, when, this goes back to Al Gore. Okay, this is not a sexist point that people shouldn't smirk while they're on split screens. Smirking and shaking your head on split screens looks bad. Kind of shaking your head ruefully doesn't look bad on a split screen. Smirking looks terrible. It looks smug and it looks obnoxious. Kamala Harris was all of those things last night. Okay, then they got to the issue of taxation. So recognize the first like third of the debate was all about COVID. And Harris... Basically, her line was that Trump knew in late January, early February, this thing was airborne and it was dangerous. Even Bob Woodward, who revealed that in his book, right, that Trump had said that sort of stuff. Even Bob Woodward said publicly in interviews, we talked about it at the time. He said, I didn't believe that Trump knew all that. I thought Trump was just bloviating because, again, nobody knew that. There was not a single doctor, including Fauci, who was saying in early February the thing was airborne and that it was really dangerous for young people. As it turns out, it is not particularly dangerous to young people. And even now, there is controversy about just how airborne the virus is. 
right? The CDC literally this week, this week came out with information suggesting there might be an airborne component to this. This week, the CDC said this. It is now September. It is not late January. Okay, so she relied a lot on Bob Woodward's book for various items of information. But then they moved beyond COVID and they got into taxes. And here, here is where the debate really started to go sideways for, for Harris. So to, to this point, you could say that Harris sort of held her own because on COVID, the fact is that the Trump administration's rhetoric has been bad and the Trump administration's performance has been pretty good because Pence is rhetorically much better than Trump, especially at this kind of stuff. He made the record look as, as good as you can make it when you have a president who is doing all the things that, that President Trump is doing. Then they got to the economy and this is where it all starts to fall apart for Kamala Harris. So she starts talking about she she starts talking about the issue of the economy. This is clip eight. Uh, she says that there could not be a more fundamental difference on the issue of the economy. And in this particular segment of the debate, I mean, this was a car crash. This was an absolute car crash. This was a smart car against a big rig. It just did not go well for Kamala Harris here. Here was Harris trying to go off on Pence's economy, the, the Pence Trump economy, the Trump Pence economy. And uh, as you will see, Pence just was not having it. On the issue of the economy, I, th I think there couldn't be a more fundamental difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Joe Biden believes you measure the health and the strength of America's economy based on the health and the strength of the American worker and the American family. On the other hand, you have Donald Trump, who measures the strength of the economy based on how rich people are doing. On day one, Joe Biden will repeal that tax bill. He'll get rid of it. Okay, and then, and then, as you will see, as you will see, Mike Pence just handed her hat to her. And it's, it's, it's really bad. So she says, again, again, for the 90th time, that the first day Biden is going to repeal Trump's tax cuts. There's only one problem with that. When you say he's going to repeal the tax cuts, as it turns out, you're raising everybody's taxes. This is a point that Mike Pence made with alacrity. Harris tried to back off of it. She stepped right in it again because they've been stepping in it all the time, but nobody's held them to account. We'll see Mike Pence do that in just one second. But first, let's talk about the importance of quality clothing. So for better or worse, 2020 has kicked off the work from home era. Everyone is asking one big question. What exactly are you supposed to wear on that Zoom meeting? Do you need to wear a tie? Well, probably not. But sweatpants and your go-to gym tee, that doesn't feel right either. What you need is Cuts Clothing. It's the perfect solution to your work from home wardrobe confusion. Cuts is the best in the world at making technical apparel for the sport of business. Their t-shirts, polos, and hoodies have enough quality and style to wear in the office on a date anywhere in between. So you don't have to choose between a classic look and a modern feel. After four years of development, Cuts has finally released their new polos and hoodies. The new Pika Polo was designed in Los Angeles with Cuts custom-engineered Pika Pro fabric that keeps you fitted for the daily work grind. A happy hour escape, everything in between. They've got new hoodies that are made with their custom Hyperloop French Terry fabric. They were designed with comfort in mind, lasting structure for the long haul. This stuff is durable. It is lovely to wear. I mean, really, it, it fits you exactly right. It is extraordinarily comfortable. I only wear Cuts at this point. All my t-shirts are Cuts. Cuts is loved by your favorite athletes, entrepreneurs, even your favorite podcast hosts. Seems like everybody is wearing Cuts. Get 15% off your first order by going to CutsClothing.com slash Shapiro. That is CutsClothing.com slash Shapiro for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Okay, so Kamala Harris suggests that the Trump economy is bad and that Trump only cares about the wealthy and Pence just, just destroys her on it. Despite what uh, Senator Harris says, the average American family of four had $2,000 in savings in taxes. The average household income for a family of four increased by $4,000 following President Trump's tax cuts. But America, you just heard Senator Harris tell you, on day one, Joe Biden's going to raise your taxes. Okay, and, as you, and then she starts smirking, and you get the Kamala Harris giggle, uh, the weird, strange joker giggle. Okay, and... Then she, again, she knows she's caught. Every time she was caught last night, she played the I'm a woman, stop interrupting me card. Right? She, she woman-splained to Mike Pence about how debate is not supposed to be debate as long as a woman is there. I do find, by the way, all this mansplaining, women are victims stuff, pretty amusing from a party that suggests that men can be women, that gender is completely a social construct and that women do not exist. In fact, men and women are arbitrary categories decided by society rather than by biology, which means that I suppose that Kamala Harris could mansplain to Mike Pence anytime she pleases simply by identifying as a man. But in any case, here was Kamala Harris trying to walk back the simple fact, which is if you repeal Trump's tax cuts, then you end up repealing tax cuts for 82% of Americans who received a tax cut. Here was, here was Kamala Harris trying to walk it back. And then Pence tries to interject. And once again, she does the, you're interrupting me. You're stop interrupting me. Here she was. Joe Biden has been very clear 
He will not raise taxes on anybody who makes less than four hundred thousand dollars a year. He said he's going to repeal the Trump tax cuts. Uh, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Well, wait, wait. I'm speaking. Be important if you said the truth. Right. Joe Biden has said twice <laughs> in the debate last week that he's going to repeal the Trump tax cuts. That was tax cuts that gave the average working family two thousand dollars in a tax break every single year. That is, Senator, that is absolutely not true. That is he only bill, cutting? Is he only going to repeal part of the Trump tax cuts? If you don't mind letting me finish, we can Please. then have a conversation. Okay? Please. Okay. I mean, again, she like she gets caught out and she has nowhere to go. This is another aspect of, of her, her performance last night. She kept basically saying, I want my time back. I want my time. Let me answer. And then she'd get, she, Joe Biden did this in debate too early on. He would do this routine where he's like, I'm not finished yet. I want to say my piece. And then everybody would stop and be like. <laughs> yeah, and that's what she did. She, that, that's the best part. She's like, I, I'd like to finish here. I'd like to finish. And then he says, okay, like go. And she's like. Uh, but I was basically at, like, I mean, can we all just acknowledge that what I was really doing here was just trying to call you a sexist? Like, can we really acknowledge that? Okay, then Pence continued to hammer home this point. I mean, on the economy, he just, he had her dead to rights on the economy. All right, so he continued to hammer home this point. Uh, she was saying again that, that she was not going to raise taxes, that she and, and Biden will not raise taxes on people, which of course is a lie. Uh, also, she was saying that she's not going to be on fracking. Joe Biden has said repeatedly that he looks to get rid of fracking. She herself has said repeatedly that she is looking to get rid of fracking. Even the fact checkers who, some, who somehow suggest that the Biden-Harris campaign is only looking to get rid of new leases on public land are failing to recognize that all that Harris and Biden have been saying the whole time is that that is a transitional plan toward getting rid of fossil fuels entirely. I mean, they've been very consistent on this point. Here was Mike Pence hammering this home. You're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. You yourself said on multiple occasions when you were running for president that you would ban fracking. Joe Biden looked at a supporter in the eye and pointed and said, I guarantee, I guarantee that we will abolish fossil fuels. They have a $2 trillion version of the Green New Deal, Susan, that your newspaper USA Today said really wasn't that very di different from the original Green New Deal is a prescription for economic decline. President Trump and I will keep America growing. The V-shaped recovery that's underway right now will continue with four more years of President Donald Trump. Again, Kamala Harris looked terrible on the split screen because she kept breaking out the smirk and the laughter. That is every interview she has ever done. When she breaks that out, she's losing. And she was losing last night and losing badly. He kept also hammering home on the Green New Deal. So, so Page, Susan Page, asked asked Kamala Harris about Joe Biden and the Green New Deal. This was actually a very good question from Susan Page, the first time I've seen them called on it, in which she says, you know, Joe Biden denied that he's in favor of the Green New Deal. His website literally describes the Green New Deal. So what's the deal here? What's the deal? And then Pence doubles down on it. Harris, I got to say, I'm not sure which was more stunning, how well Pence performed or how badly Harris performed. Uh, I think probably the latter because expectations for Harris were much higher than expectations for Pence. But uh, she, it, it was a mismatch last night. It was. This, was. this was a heavyweight with a lightweight. It was that simple. She has knowledge of issues that goes about half an inch deep, and it does not go a mile wide. Here was Susan Page unintentionally finishing Kamala Harris on the Green New Deal. Vice President Biden said in last week's debate that he does not support the Green New Deal. But if you look at the Biden-Harris campaign website, it describes the Green New Deal as a crucial framework. Joe believes, again, in science. We have seen a pattern with this administration, which is they don't believe in science. And Joe's plan is about saying we're going to deal with it, but we're also going to create jobs. You were the first Senate co-sponsor of the Green New Deal. And while Joe Biden denied the Green New Deal, Susan, thank you for pointing out the Green New Deal is on their campaign website. Okay, there's a reason that Pence kept hammering home on the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal is a debacle. It is spending by AOC's plan, some $93 trillion over 10 years. Okay, so he, he hammered the Green New Deal. I think he mentioned the Green New Deal 15 times last night, and correctly so. So another issue on which Pence just excoriated her. Then they got to the issue of China. So both candidates were asked about China. Kamala Harris had no answer other than to say, and she really said this, she said that Xi Jinping was more popular internationally than Donald Trump. Okay, first of all, the image of China around the world has been in steady decline as it should be because it's a tyrannical hellhole. I mean, in terms of how it is run. The, the, the tyrant Xi Jinping has been subjecting a million Uyghur Muslims to concentration camps. He has been you know, basically welding people in their houses in Wuhan. 
He, he cares nothing about his citizenry. He's a dictator. He's a dictator. Kamala Harris defended the dictator. A at one point, she suggested that Trump had lost the trade war with China. And Pence had a great rebuttal to this. The vice president earlier referred to it as part of what he thinks is an accomplishment, um, the, the president's trade war with China. You lost that trade war. You lost it. Lost the trade war with China. Joe Biden never fought it. Yeah, and he correctly kept pointing out that the Biden campaign, the, the Biden administration was very, very soft on China. How do you know, by the way, that Biden, uh, that, that Pence is right? We could fact check this in real time, as it turns out. It turns out that the debate was broadcast on Chinese television. Every time Pence talked about China and the predations of China and the corruption of China and how China was responsible for the spread of coronavirus, China blocked the feed. Really, this, this is true. Every time Kamala Harris talked about China, the feed came back on. Doesn't that say something about how the Chinese government views the two candidates? <laughs> when Pence talks about the predations of China, China blocks the feed. When Kamala Harris talks about China, they're like, slow clap. Okay, if China views you that way, it's a good, it's a good indicator those people should not be in power. Okay, in just a second, we're going to go to trade and we're going to go to uh, the, the personal liberalism of Kamala Harris and foreign policy. I mean, on foreign policy, again, the Trump administration, without the, without the Trumpian affect, is excellent. Very, very good. If you like what you saw last night from Mike Pence, then what you should want is more of that, right? Not more distraction, not more mind-melting tweets, not more of that. Okay, if, if Donald Trump used his Twitter sparingly and if he used it in targeted fashion, I'd be a huge fan. But what we saw last night is what, what it looks like when the Trump administration policy is explicated outside of Twitter. And it looked pretty damned good. It looked pretty damned good, which is why the media today are talking about nothing but a fly landing on Mike Pence's head and maybe his pink eye. And Kamala Harris being the victim of sexism. Those are the three themes of the media, which means Pence cleaned her last night. We're gonna get to more of this in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact you're spending an awful lot of time these days in front of screens. I mean, half of us are working virtually. I mean, you're spending a lot of time in front of a computer. That can give you headaches. It can keep you up at night. What you need is some great blue light filtering technology. And I have the answer for you. I am talking, of course, about Felix Gray glasses. Many blue light glasses don't filter enough blue light, especially in the range that matters. There are a lot of blue light glasses on the market. They're not all created equal. Well, Felix Gray glasses, they filter out 90% of blue light in the most damaging range and eliminate 99% of glare through a proprietary industry-leading lens technology only available with Felix Gray. You can order online. Glasses will ship directly to you with a hard case and lens cloth included. Try them for 30 days risk-free. If your screens aren't easier on the eyes, then send them back for a full refund. I love my Felix Grey glasses. They look great. They are extremely durable and they minimize the chance of headaches. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash Ben for the absolute best quality blue light filtering glasses on the market. Again, that's felixgrayglasses.com slash Ben, F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash Ben. Shipping and returns totally free at Felix Grey, felixgrayglasses.com slash Ben. Okay, so we're gonna get to more of this debate in just one second. First, you're going to need to be a subscriber over at dailywire.com. If you truly enjoyed Matt Walsh breaking down that vice presidential debate in real time, well, why the hell wouldn't you be a subscriber over at dailywire.com? We have all sorts of goodies coming up for you next week. I'll be doing an all access. We do an all access with one of our hosts every single night. If you like all this stuff, you should join Daily Wire right now as an insider or all access member. Get 20% off with code debate so you can watch all of our upcoming debate coverage live at dailywire.com, Apple TV, or the Roku app. Also, our members get our articles ad free access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, the full three hours of the Ben Shapiro Show, exclusive Reader's Pass content available only to Daily Wire members. If you're considering an all-access membership, you get to join us on All Access Live again every night for online and live stream discussions. You get not one, but two leftist tiers tumblers with your membership, as well as early, sometimes exclusive access to new fantastic Daily Wire products. So watch the next debate with us. Get 20% off your Daily Wire membership with code DEBATE when you sign up today. You are listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Okay, so moving from domestic policy to foreign policy, the story didn't get any better for, for Kamala Harris. Uh, she talked about foreign policy, and everything she says here is just ridiculous, like patently ridiculous on his face. Here was Kamala Harris being absurd, just absurd. The, the, the Biden foreign policy case is that Biden has been wrong on every major foreign policy issue of the last 30 years. Seriously, it is, it is difficult to imagine anyone who has ever been more wrong on foreign policy. This is a guy who did not want to kill Osama bin Laden. This is a guy who's very much in favor of the Iran deal. This is a person whose great suggestion, repeatedly, is that whenever there's a problem, we should just split countries apart. Okay, here is Kamala Harris, though, trying to pretend that Joe Biden is some sort of foreign policy genius 
when in fact the guy is as much of a, he's the Ralph Wiggum of foreign policy. Here's Kamala Harris trying to spin Ralph, Ralph Wiggum into Mr. Burns. I love talking with Joe about a lot of these issues. And, you know, Joe, he, I think he said it quite well. He says, you know, foreign policy, it might sound complicated, but really it's relationships. So just think about it as relationships. And so we know this in our personal and professional relationships. Um, you got to keep your word to your friends. Got to be loyal to your friends. People who have stood with you, got to stand with them. You got to know who your adversaries are and keep them in check. But what we have seen with Donald Trump is that he has betrayed our friends and, 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 and embraced dictators around the world. We were in the Iran nuclear deal with friends, with allies around the country. Okay, the, um, the what? So there, there are a few things here that are hilarious. One, he says, we were in the Iran nuclear deal with friends and with allies around the country. Okay, number one, you may have had some Europeans in on that deal. You're also in the deal with the Iranians, with the Iranian mullahs, who are not your friends. They are terrorists. And when she says you got to keep your word to your friends, the Obama-Biden administration was the most anti-Israel administration in American history. They literally tried to withdraw defense equipment from Israel in the middle of a war with Hamas. They, they were awful. They, they betrayed Eastern European allies in the face of Russian predation. The, the Obama-Biden foreign policy was a full-scale disaster on every virtual, like virtually every level. And this is something that Mike Pence then proceeded to point out. And uh, it did not, I mean, this, this foreign policy section of the debate went really, really poorly for Kamala Harris. Here's Mike Pence. President Trump kept his word when we moved the American embassy to Jerusalem. We stood strong with our allies, but we've been demanding. NATO is now contributing more to our common defense than ever before, thanks to President Trump's leadership. We've strengthened our alliances across the Asia Pacific. President Trump unleashed the American military. And our armed forces destroyed the ISIS caliphate and took down their leader, al-Baghdadi, without one American casualty. The last administration transferred $1.8 billion to the leading state sponsor Thank you, Vice of President terrorism. Pence. President Donald Trump got us out of the deal. Thank you, Vice President Pence. And, and when Qasem Soleimani was traveling to Baghdad Thank you, to Vice harm President to Pence. Americans, President Donald Trump took Thank you, Vice out. President. Okay, and of course, this is exactly right. Okay, the fact is that the Trump foreign policy agenda is so much better. I mean, it is the highlight. It really is. It's one of the highlights of the of the Trump administration. And then Pence really hit Kamala Harris where it hurts. And he, he pointed out that the the Obama administration allowed the rise of ISIS. And he pointed to the story of Kayla Mueller, who was taken prisoner by the by the ISIS terrorists and then murdered. And her family saying quite openly that if Donald Trump had been president, that never would have happened. When Joe Biden was vice president, we had an opportunity to save Kayla Miller. Breaks my heart to reflect on it, but the military came into the Oval Office, presented a plan. They said they knew where Kayla was. Baghdadi had held her for 18 months, abused her mercilessly before they killed her. But when Joe Biden was vice president, they hesitated for a month. And when armed forces finally went in, it was clear she'd been moved two days earlier. And her family says with a heart that broke the heart of every American that if President Donald Trump had been president, they believe Kayla would be alive today. Okay, Harris had no comeback for that. She said, oh, well, condolences to Kayla Miller's family. That was pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So Harris's response to all of this is that Donald Trump is personally mean to the military. She relied very heavily on an Atlantic story that has been debunked by 14 different sources. And there are a bunch of people who know Trump. He did not say of, of people at Arlington National Cemetery that they were suckers and losers, right? All of this, is, is from an Atlantic story that was unsourced, right? It was a bunch of unverified sources, unnamed sources, okay? And then there were people like John Bolton who are no friends of Trump who said, no, he, he never said anything. He didn't cancel a visit to a grave site in, in Europe because of his dislike for fallen soldiers or anything. It was raining outside and, uh, and it pro provided some, some actual problems for security. That, that was her line, right? Her line is Trump is mean to the military, of course. She and then she did this weird thing where she somehow disagreed with the killing of Qasem Soleimani, which was very odd. So here was Kamala Harris. You know, again, most of, most of her attack lines last night were from two things, the Bob Woodward book and the Atlantic story. That's pretty much what she had. This is about a pattern of Donald Trump's, where he has referred to our men who are serving in our military as suckers and losers. Donald Trump, who went to Arlington Cemetery 
and stood above the graves of our fallen heroes and said, what's in it for them? Because of course, you know, he only thinks about what's in it for him. Let's take what he said about John McCain, a great American hero, public reporting that Russia had bounties on the heads of American soldiers. Okay, we can stop and it you there. So a, a few things is? here. One, I, I, I'm not going to hear about criticisms of John McCain from Democrats, who literally suggested that he was a racist back in 2008, and also that he was a decrepit person who couldn't use a keyboard when he had war injuries. Also, that public reporting about Russian bounties is completely unverified. In fact, that story basically fell apart. Now, Pence then knocked the, the Biden-Harris campaign on the fact that Joe Biden you know, was against the killing of Osama bin Laden. Trump made the call to kill Soleimani, correct call, and Biden held up when it came time to kill Osama bin Laden. Qasem Soleimani, the Iranian general, was responsible for the death of hundreds of American service members. When the opportunity came, we saw him headed to Baghdad to kill more Americans. President Trump didn't hesitate, and Qasem Soleimani is gone. But you deserve to know that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris actually criticized the decision to take out Salem, uh, Qasem Soleimani. It's really inexplicable, but with regard to Joe Biden, it's, it's explainable. Because history records that Joe Biden actually opposed the raid against Osama bin Laden. I have a question. What is she shaking her head at? There's not a, she literally one second before said it was bad to kill Soleimani. What's she shaking her head at? Okay, then they moved to the Supreme Court. And on the Supreme Court, once again, it was a, it was, it was a giant fail for, for Kamala Harris. So Pence began by pointing out that it was Kamala Harris who savaged Justice Kavanaugh and was uh, brutal and vicious and lying about Justice Kavanaugh. And he said, I hope that you don't treat Amy Coney Barrett with the same sort of disdain, especially people like you who have been ripping on people for their religion because you have actually ripped on federal judicial appointees who are members of things like the Knights of Columbus calling them bigoted groups. Here was Pence going after Harris. President Trump and I could not be more enthusiastic about the opportunity to see Judge Amy Coney Barrett become Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Now, she's a brilliant woman, and uh, she will bring a lifetime of experience and a sizable American family to the Supreme Court of the United States. And our hope is in the hearing next week, unlike Justice Kavanaugh received with treatment from you and others, we hope she gets a fair hearing. And we particularly hope that we don't see the kind of attacks on her Christian faith that we saw before. Senator, I know one of our judicial nominees, you actually attacked because they were a member of the Catholic Knights of Columbus. Okay, what's hilarious about this is that her response was, I'm, I'm a person of faith. How dare you suggest that I would attack a person of faith? You literally attack somebody for being a member of the Knights of Columbus. This does not hold water here from Kamala Harris. Joe Biden and I are both people of faith. And it's insulting su to suggest that we would knock anyone for their faith. On the issue of this, of this nomination, Joe and I are very clear, as are the majority of the American people. We are 27 days before the decision about who will be the next president of the United States. And, you know, before when this conversation has come up, you know, it's been about election year or election time. We're literally in an election. There's the issue of choice. And I will always fight for a woman's right to make a decision about her own body. This is my favorite thing. I would never attack anybody for their religion. But also there should be taxpayer taxpayer funded abortion and religious institutions should be forced to cover insurance that covers abortion. So, yes, yeah, I, I'm sure that your your religious qualms would never prevent you from from doing anything like that. Uh, Kamala Harris. Okay, but when it came to court packing, this is really where it got ugly. So she once again refused to answer whether she'd pack the court. And Pence really pushed her on it. And she refused. And she refused. And she refused. I mean, over and over and over again. She kept saying, we're voting. We're voting. We're voting. Yes, we know we're voting. And we should know what we are voting for. It makes a difference whether you and Joe Biden are going to change the number of people on the Supreme Court out of a pure revenge move because you don't like the fact that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died and Trump was in office. So Pence pushed her on this. And finally, he got a response from her. She had no response. And she really didn't. And so finally, she went to her, de her default responses. Her default responses throughout this debate were, you're a sexist, you're a sexist, stop interrupting me, you're a sexist. And then finally, she went to her big gun, right? You were waiting for her to go. That was the little gun. That was the Derringer. Then she finally went to the shotgun. The shotgun was, you're a racist, right? That's what she, you knew she was going here. And she finally got there. How did she get there? In the most bizarre possible fashion. So she was like, are we going to pack the court? Are we going to pack the court? 
You're not appointing enough black justices. Okay, I have a question. I have a question. You like Clarence Thomas, do you? Really? How about if we appointed like Miguel Estrada? Uh, you know, more, more people of color. Because it seems like you treat black Republicans really well over there, Kamala. It seems like you would care deeply if we appointed a bunch of textualists and originalists to the bench. And if they were black, you'd be fine with that. Or alternatively, you're just a damned liar. So here she was last night. She, she wouldn't answer on court packing. But in the end, it's Mike Pence's fault because the, the judges who are being appointed are not black enough or some such bull crap. You hey, once again on. gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. <laughs> trying to answer you the now. The American people deserve a straight answer. And, and if you haven't figured it out yet, the straight answer is they are going to pack the Supreme Court if they somehow win this election. The, Men Mr. and women, I've got to tell you, people across this country, if you cherish our Supreme Court, if you cherish the separation of powers, you need to reject the Biden-Harris ticket. For yeah, let's you. talk about packing the court then. Let's talk about the Please. pack. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to. Do you know that of the 50 people who President Trump appointed to the Court of Appeals for lifetime appointments, not one is black? I just want the record to reflect she never answered the question. <laughs> no, I'm about to. I'm about to answer the question. I'm about to. Also, you're a racist. Now, good answering the question there, Kamala. And the media just let her get away with this crap. They just let her get away with this crap. Okay, the debate moved on to other topics. So some of the hotly fraught topics uh, that came up in the debate last night, one was the issue of race. So the moderator brought up the case of Breonna Taylor and said, was Breonna Taylor's, you know, the acquittal of the officers, was that justified? And Kamala Harris, great legal mind. She said, no, 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 it was, it was, it was not justified. It was not justified. And then she talked, I, I couldn't believe this. She actually talked about, you know, she talked about George Floyd and she the, the number of lies in this particular clip is extraordinary. I mean, it's, it's almost infinite. It's like packing all of the dense matter of the universe into a single point before the Big Bang, except all of the matter is lies, and the single point is this clip. Here's Kamala Harris saying a bunch of untrue things in a row. Her life was taken unjustifiably and tragically and violently. And it just, it, it brings me to, you know, the eight minutes and 46 seconds that America witnessed, during which an American man was tortured and killed under the knee of an armed, uniformed police officer. And people around our country, of every race, of every age, of every gender, perfect strangers to each other, marched shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, fighting for us to finally achieve that ideal of equal justice under law. And I was a part of those peaceful protests. We need reform of our policing in America and our criminal justice system, which is why Joe and I will immediately ban chokeholds and carotid holes. She said that George Floyd would be alive if that legislation had passed. Okay, there's only one problem. George Floyd, in all likelihood, would not be alive if that legislation had passed because he was not put in either a carotid or a chokehold. And he died because he was on a dose of fentanyl that would kill a horse. The autopsy found that he had fentanyl and meth in his system. He was obviously experiencing excited delirium in the middle of that encounter. When it comes to Breonna Taylor, it is tragic that she was killed. She was killed because her boyfriend was firing a gun at the cops when they broke in the door in a legally performed search warrant. And, when, and it is amazing to me that, that Democrats will simultaneously claim that outdoor open air events at the White House are very, very, very bad and very, very dangerous. Okay, fine. Then you don't get to talk about how you were marching shoulder to shoulder in the middle of a pandemic with millions of other people in a fight for quote-unquote racial justice and completely overlook the violence in the streets. Here's Mike Pence pointing out many of these things. It really is remarkable that as a former prosecutor, you would assume that an impaneled grand jury looking at all the evidence got it wrong, but uh, you're entitled to your opinion, Senator. I think, look, and with regard to George Floyd, there, there's no excuse for what happened to George Floyd. And justice will be served. But there's also no excuse for the rioting and looting that followed. I mean, it, it really is astonishing. Flora Westbrook is with us here tonight in Salt Lake City. Just a few weeks ago, I stood at what used to be uh, her salon. It was burned to the ground by rioters and looters. And, and Flora is still trying to put her life back together. And I must tell you, this, this, this presumption that you hear consistently uh, from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, that uh, 
that America is systemically racist. Mm. And that, as Joe Biden said, that he believes that law enforcement has an implicit bias against minorities uh, is, is a great insult to the men and women who serve in law enforcement. And I want everyone to know who puts on the uniform of law enforcement every day that President Trump and I stand with you. And it is remarkable that, that when Senator Tim Scott tried to pass a police reform bill, brought together a group of Republicans and Democrats, Senator Harris, you got up and walked out of the room. And then you filibustered Senator uh, Tim Scott's bill. Okay, and that prompted her to bring up the great Trump loves white supremacist lie. Again, it was, so th this was the pattern last night. Everybody's a sexist for being mean to me, and then everybody's a racist for being mean to me. So Harris immediately went to, well, Trump was never, he, he, he didn't condemn white supremacists. And good for Mike Pence. Mike Pence actually debunked this. Now, here is the point at which the media starts to go nuts. Why? Well, because Kamala Harris is losing. And as you'll see, there was a fly that landed on Mike Pence's head. Ooh, a fly. Well, I guess that we all have to go crazy over the fly, guys. There's a fly on Mike Pence's head. Ooh. This is how stupid our politics are. Our political analysts last night did not want to talk about the actual contents of the debate because Kamala Harris did terribly. Instead, what they really, really wanted more than anything else in the world was to talk about this dumb fly on Mike Pence's head. So here is Kamala Harris suggesting that Trump won't condemn white supremacists. And then we'll get to Mike Pence completely rebutting this and going after the media. And the, it, This performance by Pence was excellent. It was very, very good. Here was Harris and trotting out the Trump loves white supremacists lie. I will not sit here and be lectured by the vice president on what it means to enforce the laws of our country. I am the only one on this stage who has personally prosecuted everything from child sexual assault to homicide. The president of the United States took a debate stage in front of 70 million Americans and refused to condemn white supremacists. He called Mexicans rapists and criminals. He instituted as his first act a Muslim ban. He on the issue of Charlottesville, where people were peacefully protesting the need for racial justice, where a young woman was killed. And on the other side, there were neo-Nazis carrying tiki torches, shouting racial epithets, anti-Semitic slurs. And Donald Trump, when asked about it, said there were fine people on both sides. Okay, here is Mike Pence completely debunking this ridiculous talking point. It is a ridiculous talking point. Also, listening to Kamala Harris and the Democratic Party talk about anti-Semitic slurs while they maintain Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, and they continue to promote these, these anti-Semitic dullards is, uh, is pretty impressive. Here's Pence going after Harris. You know, I think this is one of the things that uh, makes people dislike the media so much in this country, Susan, mm -hmm. is that you selectively edit, just like Senator Harris did, comments that President Trump and I and others on our side of the aisle make. I mean, Senator Harris conveniently omitted, after the, after the president made comments about people on either side of the debate over monuments, he condemned the KKK, neo-Nazis, and white supremacists, and has done so repeatedly. You're concerned that he doesn't condemn neo-Nazis. President Trump has Jewish grandchildren. I'm glad you brought up your record, Senator. Thank you. But that's, I, I really need to make this point. When you were, when you were DA, in San Francisco, when you left office, African-Americans were 19 times more likely to be prosecuted for minor drug offenses than whites and Hispanics. When you were attorney general you. of California, you, you increased the, the disproportionate incarceration of Thank blacks you. in California. Yeah. You did nothing on criminal yeah. justice reform in California. You didn't lift a That's, finger to you. pass the first step back on Capitol Hill. I mean, the reality is your record speaks thank for you, itself. And she's caught out. You can tell her starting to chuckle there. That's the Tulsi Gabbard attack. She still has not found an answer to the Tulsi Gabbard attack. So Pence, stellar performance. Kamala Harris, really, really, truly terrible performance. Now, how do you know for a fact that it was a truly terrible performance by Kamala Harris? You can tell by the media coverage. So the media coverage was completely about how Kamala Harris was the victim of a racist attack. So CNN did a post-debate snap poll where it said that 6 in 10 said Harris won. 38% said Mike Pence had a better not a night. Well, going in, 61% said they thought Harris would win and 36% thought Pence would win. So basically nobody changed their mind. Big shocker there because everybody is, is really you know, sort of ensconced in their particular corner, which just shows how much this, this whole campaign has been dominated by the personality of President Trump. But you can tell by how the media are covering this, who they think won. New York Times headline, a fly landed on Mike Pence's head during the VP debate for two minutes. The Hill, 
Biden fundraises off a fly on Pence's head. CNN, fly lands on Mike Pence's head during debate. Vox, the fly on Mike Pence's head was the real winner of the 2020 vice presidential debate. Washington Post, an exclusive interview with the fly from the debate. Joe Biden tweeted out a picture of himself with a fly swatter saying he wanted to fundraise. First of all, Joe Biden is more likely to smack himself in the face with a fly swatter than properly swat a fly at this point in his geriatric life. How ridiculous was the media coverage of this? The media coverage was ridiculous through and through. They had only a couple narratives coming out of this. One was Kamala Harris is a victim. And the other, of course, is that there was a fly at the debate. Those were, those were the two narratives. So Steve Schmidt, who is, of course, a, a former Republican. Now he is a like complete never Trump crazy person. He said on MSNBC that the fly landing on Mike Pence was a sign that he was Satan. Here was Steve Schmidt last night. I mean, I don't think it's ever a good sign when a fly lands on your head for two minutes. You know, that's a that's a sign all through history of sin and historically, biblically, uh, maybe you wouldn't normally say this after uh, you wouldn't. It's only safe to say this sorry, after midnight. But, you know, the a fly, he who commands the fly has always been seen historically as the mark of the devil. It didn't stop there, obviously. You got Andrea Mitchell. Andrea Mitchell then went to the mansplaining, mansplaining routine. She says, I asked a man I know what he thought of the debate. He said the debate was over when she said, Mr. Vice President, you are interrupting me. Then uh, she needs to hang out with like men who exist, not ones that exist in her imagination. You know, like men who are biologically men, because that's crazy. Okay, the minute she said you're interrupting me, Susan Page interrupted her. We showed you the clip. Susan Page interrupted her. And then Trump and then Pence jumped in. And then she's like, well, she said, stop interrupting me to a man that was standing up for women everywhere. Woo! Women power. This was the talking point in the media. As soon as you are relegated to saying that she was the victim of Pence's wild sexism. Yeah, good luck with that. Van Jones on CNN did the, did the same thing. He suggested that Pence was the quote unquote mansplainer in chief. Just because he is a man and he is explaining things does not mean he is mansplaining things. He was not talking down to Kamala Harris. It's a political debate, you idiots. It's a political debate. Here was Van Jones trying to try out this tired talking point. She was not overly assertive throughout this entire debate. Well, well Pence I mean, was. Many, Pence, Pence, Pence was, a, was a man mansplainer in chief. I, I, I get he was Mr. <laughs> Mike mansplainer all I night. I understand that, but okay, and and then you get George Stephanopoulos, the Keebler elf, suggesting there was tons of mansplaining last night, just endless, endless mansplaining last night from George Stephanopoulos, objective news anchor. Because obviously Mike Pence uh, is a former television commentator, does have a very calm demeanor. But I think a lot of people were noticing some mansplaining going on tonight. Okay, didn't stop there. Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, she did the same thing. But she didn't just go there. She got full on sexist against Mike Pence. Okay, so you're, you're allowed to, you're not, you're not allowed to interrupt Kamala Harris under any circumstances. Ever, ever, ever. If you do, you're a sexist. Stop it. You're a bad person. Cut it out. Okay, but, but Nicole Wallace literally called Mike Pence flaccid. And limp in the debate. Oh, is she making a, a pun about his penis? Yes, of course she is, because you're allowed to say whatever you want about men in our society. But if you interrupt a woman, if you so much as interrupt a woman during a debate, it's because you hate women, you see. You hate them. Hate them. She said the only people they have in their coalition after last week's barn burner from Trump were the grievance voters. This will not land well with them. And then she suggested that perhaps, she actually went on to suggest, Nicole Wallace, that perhaps... Mike Pence was feeling under the weather, right? She started talking about the fact that his eyes looked a little pink. So maybe he has COVID. So that's her narrative now. We're going to speculate about Mike Pence's health. Maybe he has COVID. Who the hell knows? Maybe he does. Mark Ruffalo signed in as well to, uh, to join in the fun. The idiot actor, a man with uh, fewer than 10 brain cells to rub together. He tweeted out, just going over it all in my head. The way Mike Pence constantly interrupted and spoke over Kamala Harris was the prime example of white male supremacy and its common dismissal and disrespect for black women. I have a question. Let's say that the sexes had been reversed. And let's say that Kamala Harris had been the one who mildly interrupted Mike Pence. And Pence had said, you're interrupting me, you're interrupting me, stop interrupting me. Then they would claim that he was being defensive and aggressive with Kamala Harris. There is, in fact, a double standard. But the double standard is applied against men and not against women in these circumstances. That is perfectly obvious. It's been obvious from the media coverage since before the debate. This is ridiculous. S.E. Cup. On CNN, she did the same thing. She said that uh, she blasted Mike Pence. She said his debate was infuriating. He made her skin crawl. Skin crawl, you see. 
I know Mike Pence. I've met Mike Pence. I've interviewed Mike Pence. And at one time, I found him very impressive. Tonight, he made my skin crawl uh, and I think showed that you can uh, be insulting without using insults. Um, uh, you know, the, the constant interruptions, the mansplaining, the condescending uh, to both of the women uh, on that stage tonight and, and and the not answering questions, the gaslighting I found infuriating. OK, th th this is just I'm sorry. It's very silly. It is very obvious. Pence won. The media's coverage proves that Pence won. OK, so now here's the question. Can this turn into momentum? Can this turn into momentum? And the answer is maybe. But Trump has to get out of his own way. Once again, this campaign is not about Mike Pence. If Pence were the presidential candidate, I think the Republican ticket would now be ahead in the polls. Donald Trump needs to get out of his own way. He needs to do the same defense of his policies that Pence did. He can do it in Trumpian fashion. He can. But he needs to actively defend his own policies rather than fulminating over whatever he saw on the TVs today. And if that happens, maybe this thing turns around. If it doesn't, then the problems will continue for the Trump campaign. But again, I think the takeaway last night is that Trump's policies are excellent. How do you know? Because Mike Pence was able to win going away, win in a walk against Kamala Harris simply by saying the policies out loud and pointing out that Democrats have never had to answer a single difficult question about their own policies and, in fact, refuse to answer their own policies right now. If you listen to Kamala Harris last night, Democrats are the parties of anti-Green New Deal, low taxes, and pro-fracking. As, as uh, Elizabeth Bruding, an actual socialist writing for the Washington Post, said, it seems like if this is the new Democratic Party, they've left the left completely behind. Of course it isn't. They're lying. But it just demonstrates how much they have to lie in order to convince the American people they are not who they actually are. All righty, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pava Wydowski. Our associate producer is Nick Sheehan. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey, everyone. It's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. Kamala Harris accuses Mike Pence of mansplaining. As far as I'm concerned, he should keep on mansplaining so she can girl understand. The Mensch wins the debate, and we'll talk about it on The Andrew Claven Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.